Kyla. Hey, Ari. I am so excited to have you here on Startup Life Uncensored. And like I start all of these episodes, it's important to give a little bit of context to how the hell we know each other, which let's be real, it's a pretty funny story. True. <laughs> so the first startup I worked at was using a software that you were selling and it was working really well. And then when I went to my second startup, I think you reached out to me to see if that company would also be interested in using that software. I tried my hardest, didn't they, I am not the salesperson here, so that didn't go so well. I apologize, but you and I have remained in contact and every time we chat, it's just such a breath of fresh air, especially talking about leadership and teamwork, which I know are super important to you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you wouldn't even be able to tell that we're enemies. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So to get us started, I think it would be awesome to just hear why this topic of redefining leadership and teamwork is so important to you. I think like teamwork and leadership is just something that I really value a ton because I, I think that I kind of have a counter viewpoint than what our society has. Typically we view leaders as, you know, our top performers, the best ones out there. And leadership a lot of times is kind of me focused. Like if I perform really well, I am the best. I'm the leader, I'm the captain, all that sort of stuff. And I think my personal viewpoint on leadership is just like, you gotta walk the walk and you gotta talk the talk. Like it's more about one, are you a performer? But two, like what are you giving to your team? And how are you helping the people around you really excel? And so that's something I feel really passionate about. Yeah, and it sounds like the way you're explaining it, teamwork and leadership are one and the same. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I don't, th I think you're not a good team player. Like that's not going to translate well to being a leader. Like if you don't have thought about how, what you do and what you're thinking, decisions you make affect others. And your thought is more of a me mindset as opposed to a we mindset. I think it's to the detriment of individuals and teams. Absolutely. So when it comes to leadership for you, and, and I also want to point out in my head, and it's probably not right. When I think of leader, I think of boss or manager. And I know that especially based on this conversation, that's not always the case. So my question for you is when it comes to leadership, whether it be someone who's just an individual leader or a boss or manager, what characteristics do you look for and what's important for that leader to embody? I think number one for me is like humility. When I think of a leader, I think of someone who's not like, I'm right all the time. But I feel like the best leaders that I know are just very open-handed and willing to say, you know, I think this is right, but I could be wrong. And when you're, you're humble, you really learn from those around you, learn from others, learn from what people need. So I think humility is something that's, that's really big. And then also just people who are willing to just put in the work. I think when my, my director now has a really good phrase that kind of sticks with me, it's like when we look at people, we look at performance, we look at effort, and we look at perceived effort. And that perceived effort and that effort in general, I think is something really important as well. If a leader on your team is like, hey, why are you hustling? Why aren't you doing this? You look at them, you're like, you're not doing your job. You're not doing that. Like, why are you judging me on this? So I think that combination of like humility and grit and hard work are really kind of the, the perfect mix for me. Well, it's so funny as you were explaining that, I felt like the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because I've been in that position as a manager where I'm putting pressure on someone and their initial response is, well, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, do you want to sit next to me so I can explain to you what I do all day? <laughs> you know, but hard when you don't have that transparency and that honesty and also that empathy, which I know for me, and I think based on our conversations, you also find super important. It's, it's people smarts as well. Like if I am 
a crusher and I work really hard and I that's my viewpoint and then I'm like I look at everyone else and I'm like why aren't you like me like that's create a lot of friction within a workplace or within a team and so I think like having empathy and trying to understand where other people are coming from where their thought processes are and the reality is like you mentioned a boss like if a boss treats every single person on their team their exact same way they're not they're not going to be great just like if a basketball coach has a guy who's shooting 70 percent from the free throw line but can't make a layup and another guy who is shooting 20 percent from the free throw line and makes tons of layups if you both coach them on free throws it's like okay one person you're missing this huge gap you have to be able to adjust the needs of your team that is such a fantastic metaphor and even coming from a non-sports person i got it <laughs> All right, that's my job. That's what I'm here for, right? <laughs> I also wanted to talk about something that has been coming up in a lot of the conversations I've been having, and it's around values and how important it is to align your values with either the values of the company or the values of the boss or CEO. And I'll give an example at my first startup that I worked at, the CEO honestly is probably one of the best people I've ever met like morals and values just to his core, a really unbelievable person who leads with his heart and has so much empathy and really just wants the people around him to succeed. And I think that especially as millennials, we are so quick to job hop. A lot of people are getting new jobs every year. I at that company for six years and I know people were like, that's so long. I was one of the people that left earliest. A lot of the people who are still there have been there for so long. And I really think it's because we valued the leader and all of our kind of morals and values were in line with each other. So. I'd love to hear from you why you, I mean, I gave my opinion, but I'd love yeah. to hear from you why you think that's important because I know I've heard you talk about that with your company as well. I think at a time when we're all, maybe not everyone, but most of us are sitting at home, I think it becomes more and more clear that it's like, we're not several separate people. Your work, when your work's at home and then you're done and you're still at home, you're realizing, oh, I'm just like one connected person. And so if the things that you value and are important to you, you do something that's draining all day, every day, you come home and you just move to a different spot on the couch and you still feel that way because it's just, you're one person. And so that's why I think it's so important to be a part of a team where, you know, your values align. Like some people are like, I just want to make a ton of money. And other companies are like, I just want to make a ton of money. It's like perfect match made in heaven. That's not what it is for me. I think it, yeah, I think it's so important. And I think that that is like a top down thing. For example, the company I work for, like our CEO is just one of the most empathetic and kind people I know. And like what my business does is like we're driven off of, you know, the values we want to help people do better work so they can live better lives. And it's just kind of that intrinsic, we want to create a better world for the people we're working with. And I think something that really matters to me as well is like, as individuals, we are not valued based on our performance. Like we are valued because we're valuable. We're good people and we matter. And I think that when you have that feeling, you're like, I matter to you and I want to do my best. I want to make a big impact because I, that feels like a healthy weight. And so I think that you have to find that place. And if you don't find a place where you kind of fall in line with those values or you and your leadership are just kind of like missing the mark on that, I think that that can be draining. And what you see from all the TV shows and movies that are like, oh, I don't want to go to work. But it's like, I don't think that's the way it should be. Yeah, you bring up such a good point just around being valued, not only having values 
in line with each other, but being valued as an individual and not just being another number at the company. Unfortunately, there are a lot of companies out there with unbelievable products. And just because you have faith in the product doesn't mean that it's actually a good fit. I would actually rather work for a company where I feel valued. I have a lot in common with the other people there and we have similar morals and values and the product is okay. If they're valuing their employees and they're valuing the individuals who are making up that company, chances are they're gonna be more open to feedback and people are gonna have a voice. I know that feeling of working at a company where my opinions don't matter and my thoughts are just, you know, brushed over. It's not a good feeling. Yeah, and I mean, I think different strokes for different folks. Like, I think you and I, people who are very, like, we want to be all in. We're very emotional. We're very invested in a good way, not a bad way. Emotions are not bad. Emotional? I'm never emotional. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like, we want to feel part of something. But there are people out there that they're like, hey, I just want to work for this big company, want to clock in, clock out, make a bunch of money, not think about work when I'm gone. Their companies don't want that from their employees. And that's like totally fine. But that's why I think it's important to like understand yourself. It's funny. I I don't know if this, what this was based on, but a while ago I learned about like the rule of three, like you can only have two of these three things in a job. You can never have all three and it's life balance and free time, doing what you love and making lots of money. And I always ask my clients who are like looking to make changes in their career, what are the priorities for you? And I remember I used to think for me, it was making lots of money and having free time. And I quickly learned when I got a different job, oh my God, I'm miserable. If I'm not doing something that I love and if I don't feel like I'm actually having an impact, I'm going to be so unhappy. I've experienced that for sure. You saying that makes me feel very fortunate that I'm like, wow, I feel like I have all three, which I feel- Not okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm lucky for sure, but that's kind of the dream. So we were talking about the difference of being a boss and being a leader. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your thoughts on that and, and what the difference is. I think that boss is a title. I think of leader, I think you don't need a title to be a leader. And I think a lot of times like boss comes with, okay, you are respected or you've earned this title because it's just what people are supposed to do. I think leader, like that's something you learn through your actions and the way that you treat people. So when I think of a leader, I think of someone who, again, as I kind of leaned on like, yeah, a performer, I'm in sales. So no one's going to be like the person who has the lowest close ratio. Hey, tell me your thoughts on how to do this. Give me all of your advice. Or people are going to be like, hey, are you actually, is like what you're applying, what what you're saying actually working. So performance is one. But second is like, are you going out of your way to care for and help others? If you're an individual performer or really in any role, it's easy to view life from the perspective of like, how am I doing? Where am I at? But I think real leaders do look at, okay, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm doing. How can I make sure everyone else is in the same place? It's easy to be like, okay, well, I'm here, so I'm fine. But if your teammates are falling behind or you see that they're struggling, I think leaders see everyone else and they're like, how do we bring you up to this level? How do we help you reach your full potential? And I think you see that in a lot of businesses. Like you don't have to have a manager role to do the same thing. You see people being like, hey, do you need any help? Do you have any questions? Or coaching other people that want to move into a promotional role. I think you see a lot of that coaching happening by just kind of like your mid-level employees or people who are not managers. Whereas sometimes when you're a boss, you still do that and that might still be valuable. But I think a lot of times you get caught up in like the, oh, I need to manage Salesforce or I have these meetings and like the bandwidth for all of that coaching 
and helping can kind of go down a little bit when you're a boss, so to speak. Yeah. You're literally preaching to the choir here because you know how I feel about coaching. Yeah. <laughs> how important it is and let's be real those people who are going to go out of their way to help their coworkers and lift up their team those are always the first people to get promoted assuming they're also meeting their numbers they're always the first ones when i know when i've been approached by you know an executive saying you know who's next in line or who deserves a promotion it's always the person who's going above and beyond without being asked. And it, it, it's like the easiest way to get a promotion. Back in the day, when I first started at my company, I was an SDR. Bless any SDRs who are listening to this, hardest job ever. Uh, I really wanted to be an account executive. And our VP of sales, I went on a trip with him and he said to me, he's like, Kyla, when you apply for a job or a promotion, you want every single person in that room to be like, yeah, no brainer. Of course, we're going to give this to her. And I think that really does come down to like, can we trust her in the job that she has now? And does she have kind of like the weight and effort and the intentionality of the leadership skills really to move into this? And I think of that a lot. Like, am I putting myself in the position to get the future position, even if I don't even know what that is now? So what would you say are some concrete pieces of advice that you would have for people who aren't necessarily in managerial roles, but really want to flex those leadership muscles? First and foremost, you got to be hardworking. I think that you might be able to be very successful in your role, but just like hard work, especially like in our culture is a little bit harder to come by. I even think of in the sales process, like winning deals because people are like, oh, you said you'd follow up and you sent me an email back. And I'm like, what? Like, that's not something that things people do. So I think like doing what you say you're going to do and working hard is something that's really important. I think empathy is another one. Being thoughtful and aware of the people around you, not just aware, but intentional to like add value and bring positivity to the room in the groups that you're in. And then third, I would say is just being teachable. It's like, you don't know everything, but if you're hardworking, you're kind to people and you're willing to learn and to get better, I don't think there's much that you can't accomplish. I don't think I could be like a doctor, but I think that I, I could accomplish whatever else I want because I'm willing to work hard, I'm willing to learn, and I'm willing to you know, create space for other people too. Did that always come so easily to you or was that something that you personally had to learn along the way? I was an athlete growing up, so was my younger brother and my dad. He instilled that in us. Like, if you're gonna do something, you're going to work hard. And if you're not working hard, then you're sacrificing the gift. I think there's a quote about that. And so like, I remember coming off the field, playing soccer when I was younger, scoring a couple goals. And I'd be like, dad, how do you think I did? And he's like, I mean, I thought you did a good job, but I think there were times you could have hustled a little more. Ah. And I when I was younger, I was like, what the heck, dad? And then, like, I realized as I'm older, I'm like, you, he was pushing me to my absolute potential. When I think a lot of times in life, it's easy to be like, oh, I've achieved X. I'm done. I set this goal, I achieved it, I'm done. But in reality, it's like, think of all the things we can do if we continue to push ourselves. And so I'm like super thankful that my dad taught me that lesson. And I, and I don't tell that story to be like, he's going to listen to this. Be like, my dad was too hard on me. But it's like, my dad called me to the level that I think I, that he thought I could be at. And I'm just, I'm so thankful because I think it's made me who I am today. What a cool story. My parents didn't push me nearly enough in sports. That's literally like, we talk about it a lot. <laughs> but that's fantastic. Fantastic. I would love to hear about how you kind of brought that in to your sales relationships because 
I will tell you right now, I think I said this when you and I first met, I am not a fan of working with salespeople. Not like necessarily on my own team, but like getting pitch and someone trying to sell me something. I'm like, I'm rolling my eyes. I smell what you're doing and I'm not interested. And honestly, Michaela, and I'm not just saying this, you are by far the best salesperson that I have ever worked with ever. I mean, you could sell me anything and I'd be like, yes, take, like, give, take all my money. Cause you just approach it in such a different way. It was like when you try to sell your product or whatever you're selling, I immediately feel like you and I are on the same team. And I think that is so rare with salespeople. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how your thoughts on teamwork and leadership play into your actual sales technique. I did not want to go into sales because I had that same perception as you. Like Cutco knives calling me when I'm in high school. I mean, like box of knives. I'm like, I don't even have a job. My parents had Cutco knives. We were just talking about that. The door-to-door Cutco knife salespeople. Yeah, or like in, uh, what's the movie? Napoleon Dynamite, where they're selling the Tupperware and the guy's like, look, I'm going to back over it with my car. And then it just crashes and then he tries it. That's how <laughs> I imagine sales. So I was very, very adverse to it. But the company that I worked for, like when I applied for my first SDR job, on their website said, are you interested in taking a personal approach to sales? I.e. we ask questions and understand our people's problems instead of pushing a product. I was like, Oh, that sounds nice. That is really my approach. I think that the world is very flat. If you so think about you and I, if you're like, I'm not gonna buy what you're selling, and I was like, this is the value of a conversation and spending time with people is only to achieve the things you want to get what you want. It's like that's kind of a sad life. Like, think about if I'm in sales, I talk to people all day. Think about how much like worthless time I would be spending if that's the case. And so I really view my job as like, I get to know people, I understand what they care about and what their problems are. And sometimes my product can help with that. Other times my product can't. And if my product can't, I choose to like view getting to know people and spending time with them as valuable. I think that that matters. And ultimately, like what I've seen is at the end of the day, if you have that viewpoint, it's like, you're not going to win every deal. You're going to win some deals. But ultimately, I think you see a lot of success because people feel like, oh, I actually matter to you regardless of whether or not I buy. And I feel that. I think everyone matters regardless of whether or not you're going to do what I want you to do. I think that your time is valuable and people are valuable. And it's not a waste to me to spend my time talking to you. And also, let's be real with the world we're living in right now where everything is virtual. You never know when somebody is going to be able to introduce you to somebody who's going to be the next big sale or something like that networking component is huge it's true and i think like i've i've seen it like i've had multiple people i sold to more than once they go to another company and their company's like hey you should buy this or you should meet this person and i do fun stuff like this like i get to meet you or i get to meet your friends and it's awesome my territory is los angeles and when I go, I go to LA every month, not now, in my dreams though, but when I go to LA every month, I feel like I'm hanging out with my friends rather than just being like, oh, I'm trying to sell. It makes my life more full. I interviewed my mom on another episode and she was talking about how literally maybe 80% of her closest friends were all her clients. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, to this day, it's like who I call my second mom and see all the time, like, she was a client. I met her when I was eight years old and like, she's my mom. So it's, 
it's awesome what happens when you actually put an emphasis on not the sale, but the relationship. You know, we've been talking about what you look for in teams and leaders, and I'm curious to know what would be your like ideal team dynamic and how somebody who might want that could make it a reality. The ideal time team dynamic for me is a lot of collaboration. Mm -hmm. And I think in sales, it's more like we're all individual contributors, so that can be hard. But, but the reality is like, we're all having the same conversations, doing the same thing. There's a lot to learn from each other. I have a chalk wall back here and it says, better work is basically something that my company values. And we had, the, in the state of Indiana, it was better work day a few weeks ago. And so we each did like better work is, mine says, wanting for your teammate what you want for yourself. Our CEO and one of my really good friends said a while back. And I just think of that a lot. Like I want to be really, really successful. But if at the end of the day, I'm the only person on my team who's achieved my goals, I don't feel happy because I'm like, I don't want to do this alone. I want to do this with a team. Ideal teamwork is just like wanting for others what you want for yourself and doing everything in your power. Like if it's the last day of the quarter and I'm at quota, am I just sitting there like, oh yeah, I'm at quota. Or am I like busting my tail to help my teammates, providing ideas, seeing what we can do. And so I think like the collaboration of like, hey, if we're not all winning, we're not winning. It's about kind of that group dynamic. I think that's kind of the dream scenario in my mind. Absolutely. Oh, that makes me so happy. And to be honest, unfortunately, I think that's incredibly rare. So I'm fortunate to have joined a company where it's very prominent. However, I think that you can be a catalyst for the things that you want in your workplace and in your life in general. You can come into a company and be like, this is what I want and put in your effort to create that. You can kind of plant those sort of seeds. And I think you get to a certain point when you're like, oh, it's two years, this hasn't taken, maybe this isn't the place for me. But I think it's kind of like my approach on like hard work, kindness, and teachability. If you look around and you see something you don't like, and you're not willing to do anything to make it happen, then whose fault is that? I'm getting so many flashbacks right now of like PTSD moments where I've worked with individual contributors who would complain about something and then refused to do anything about it and would just be like, here's a pile of shit, boss, bye. And I'm like, uh, you know, what happened to the team? You know, let's do this together. My director is the head of sales now. He played this YouTube video in like one of our one-on-one -on -one sessions and it was a TED talk. And it's basically the idea of, so what, now what? So what, this is happening, now what are you gonna do? It's like, mm -hmm. are you gonna sit here and just let it happen? Or are you gonna take control? Which I think that's a choice, but so many, I think it's so easy to view life as like, life is happening to us, this is the worst. Which is true, like that could happen. But if you're unhappy and things aren't the way that you want them to be, you can choose one, your mindset and two, your effort. And let's be real, I think that is what makes leaders stand out. I think the leaders are the people saying, here's a problem, here's my idea. Do I have the green light to go ahead and do it? Like those are the leaders who then get the promotions and then go on to do you know, big things. It's the people who come to you and say, here's a problem, what are you gonna do about it, boss? I think there's this misconception that just because you're a manager or a boss, it's your job to fix everything. When that's not the case. One of our values actually as a company is own the request. It's like, if your comp like even if your company doesn't value that, it's like, if you're not owning the request and you're complaining about it, you are part of the problem. And people hate hearing that. <laughs> I know that a lot of companies, or I've always felt that a lot of companies don't want people to take risks. 
And I remember at my first startup when I got like an award or recognition, somebody was saying, one of the executives or founders was saying, you know, she's willing to take risks and when they don't work, she's willing to pivot. And in my head, I'm like, oh, that's a good thing. Cool. Okay. Now I know. For working in a startup, I'm very attached to safety and like uncomfortable with change, which is so wild because there's not, in a startup, there's not much consistency in general. If you're just doing the same thing over and out, over and not taking risks, it's like, how are you going to grow? And honestly, for me, I don't know, maybe not everyone feels this way. It's like, if I'm not growing or flourishing, I just feel stagnant in life. And like, that's not, I don't feel fulfilled. And I think that that's a lot of people say that's why people quit. As soon as you're not learning or growing, you leave. Unless you're one of those people who just wants a paycheck, which is totally fine. I'd love to hear about a time where you experienced really great teamwork. And on the flip side, a time where you experienced some not so great teamwork. So it's harder now with the COVID world. But like one of my favorite things we do on our sales team is at the end of the quarter, we got these big glass windows looking out to the street where the sales team sits. At the end of the quarter, we have a meeting and we all talk about like within the last week or last two weeks, we're like, what deals do you think you can get in? And whether it's like best case, which is 25% or most likely 75%, what do you think you can get in? What's their value? And we all write them on uh, these windows. So everyone sitting at their desk looks up and they see these. And it's like, when you're in your own head, you're like, oh, I've got three deals up there. Like you can turn to Chris who's sitting next to me and be like, hey, how's X deal going? And you talk to people about them. So what's really nice is it creates a lot of teamwork and bonding with each other. So you're not just like, this is me. This is my only thing. I'm only focused on me. But you're like, this is what everyone's working on. Maybe I've gotten my deals in, or maybe one of my deals fell through. Like, why don't I see what Lauren's working on and see if I can help her, see where they're at, see if we can talk about it. Well, and, so and what, I, what I love about that too is it's, it's building a sense of community when, let's be honest, I don't know if that's so common on sales teams because it can be a little bit more competitive. Yeah, and I uh, totally agree. I think the community and the camaraderie of that, and it's not just like, oh, someone closed a deal, it went through Slack, and we all send GIFs to each other. But it's like, you know that this person's been working on it for six months or a few weeks, and the negotiation's getting really hard. It's like, when you know that background, you can be more pumped for the people around you. So I think that's an example of great teamwork that I've experienced. Yeah. And then the negative. I mean, I'll speak more kind of like in a, a general term. Mm -hmm. I think the exact opposite of that is bad teamwork. When you just like view success solely as like yourself, what you're accomplishing, how you're doing, and then it's just no care how anyone else is. I think it's just like draining. When you don't celebrate the wins and the achievements of others, you win and lose by yourself. You're not even really part of a team. It's like MJ, best basketball player in the world. It's like if he scored 60 points in the playoffs and the Bulls lost, he didn't come into the locker room. He's like, I crushed it. He's pissed because his team lost. And I think that like there are teams and dynamics that I've seen where it's like, it's about you and it's only about you. And I just think that's a really toxic culture to be a part of for me personally, but also as a whole. I just don't think that's the way life or work should be just like so self-focused. It's not, I don't think you can flourish in that environment. I know we've talked about this a little bit. I'm, I'd love to hear what like concrete steps 
you would tell people who want to work on that teamwork? Obviously, empathy and a sense of community, but if there are people out there, whether they're managers trying to create a better team culture or individual contributors who really want to turn up the volume on those leadership skills, what are some tangible things that they can do? I would say look at your team and be like, who has what I want? There's a girl on my team named Mallory. She is, in my opinion, the best sales rep I've ever met and one of the best people that I've ever met. And when I wanted to become an AE, when I was an SDR, it's like, I'd never demoed before. Like, I didn't know what our, really much about our product. And I was like, hey, I think you do this really well. Can I like shadow you? Can I coach you? She's like, I'll do, can you coach me? She's like, I'll do you one better. Like, let's do some shadowing. Like, let's do some role plays. And she took time out of her day in life to help coach me. I look at, I think you can look at other people and be like, hey, you're really good at X or you're really good at Y. I think like if we view the world and view ourselves as like, well, this is what I got. These are my skills. I think that leads to a lot of, a lot of like stagnation. Own their request. It's like, if you see something that other people have that you want, it's like, go get it. Go ask for help. Ask where they got it. And I think there are lots of ways to do that. Whether there's a book or an author that does that, or you see like good TED Talks. I think like you need to take ownership of the things that you want. And then I think another part of that is you learn as you go. And I think being open to experiences, like I've had times that as a leader, I just like leave from a conversation with like maybe an SDR who set a meeting that was not as good as I wanted. And I left that conversation and I'm like, I wish I would have been a better version of myself then. I wish I would have been a little more gracious or asked more thoughtful questions. And at that time, I've like, I've gone back to people and been like, you know what? I'm really sorry about the way I communicated and I should have asked this. But there's always like, there's always room for that continued growth through practice and just seeing what you want and, and asking for help. And I've mentioned, I'm going to sound like a broken record because I've mentioned this in a couple other episodes, but I think people are so intimidated and afraid to ask for help, but so many people are willing and it's like, just get out there and do it. Get a little bit uncomfortable because yep. worst case scenario, they'll say, no, I don't have time. Best case scenario, you now have a mentor and someone who can help you succeed. I agree. I think we've all been helped out in some way. And I think that we have that. Most of us have that. We're like, we want to give this to someone else. And if someone else doesn't want to give it to you, you're like, cool. Yeah. Lots of other people out there. Find someone else. Yeah. And if I think if you, I mean, I believe in karma and I think if you are helping others and paying it forward, inevitably in some way or another, it's gonna come back to you. If you're like doing what you think is right, asking for help, working hard, et cetera, whatever it is, if you're doing the right things, like maybe it's not gonna work out every single time, but if you're consistently putting in the work and doing the right process, I think you're gonna end up in positive in the end. Absolutely. So Mikayla, I to just kind of wrap things up, I'd love to hear, is there something that you wish you knew when you started your role or your career that you know now? Working in a startup is really hard. When I applied for my first one, which is where I'm still at, I was like, this seems like an awesome company. But the reason it is so amazing is because the people within the walls and at the team work their asses off every single day to perpetuate this culture, this amazing product and amazing team that we have. I worked in higher ed before this, which was like touchy-feely admissions camp for stuff. <laughs> but I think that it's a valuable lesson that it's like, this is beautiful and I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. I think it's a valuable lesson of like the best things are worth the effort. In a startup world, it's like, you don't really know what you're doing. It's like, it's all trial and error, which can be hard because it's not like, 
do this every day. You're going to be successful. It's going to be what you want. But I think I came in like, this is going to be the best job of my life. And it is the best job of my life. And it's because it's worth it. Know that it's like, you're not just going to clock in and clock out, but what you do affects the livelihood and the families of the people sitting around you. And I think that that is a weighty and very special thing. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it was one of my, at one of my last companies, the CEO said, if you've been at this company for a year, you should consider yourself having an MBA because the things that you have to learn on the fly so quickly yeah. are insane. I mean, startups are, do it's in dog years. It's true. It's fun. I think, I don't know. I think it's hard if you've been at one to be like, let me go to this. 700 person company and just not matter. I think it's hard to, to go back once you've experienced it or it will be hard. Makayla, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on leadership and teamwork. I mean, I know that no matter where you go or where you end up career-wise, the people around you are gonna be so lucky to work with you. Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate you having me and I'm so thankful that you never bought software from me and we get to be good friends. <laughs> I'm telling you, best salesperson I've ever met. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, Michaela.